All right, welcome back to another Metaverse Monday with your host, Jay Crypto, Windier, Gnu, and of course, we got Jarhead. Today, we got a special guest, Cardano Salad, and then kind of like a special co-hosting kind of guest, Viva LaCoin. And the first kind of uh, portion of the show, there's a really interesting announcement from Cardano Salad we want to get into. Um then the second part of the show, we're going to be kind of having an open discussion. So if anybody wants to chime in in the second half, feel free. Let me get uh, Windier up here as co-host and then get some of these speakers up here too while we're getting everyone on board and give some shout outs. I see Viva. going to invite Viva up here. Uh, shout out to Ritos, Ritos Mod from Pavia. Uh, shout out to Wurz, shout out to Andre, shout out to Kevin. So we got the Metaverse, we got some Metaverse Monday OGs in the house. Um, OGs, we got the OGs. So let me just see, when you're, I sent you a co-host invite, if you can click on that. I don't know if you see it. And then let me just invite Viva up to speak too. What's Why up, when Jay, I, uh, I just sent you a link. I guess Charles dropped a Vassal update video 30 minutes ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I haven't checked out the vid, but definitely, uh, you know, I checked out the tweet. Now, there was a tweet that came out basically saying, um, basically what's going to happen is public test nets coming very soon. And Vassal hard fork will be delayed. So... You know, we I've been saying this on my Twitter and on my channel for the last week that this is going to happen. Um, you know, not to be it wasn't a bearish reason. I'm still bullish on Vassal and Cardano, but you need the public test net before you do the main net. So we just weren't ready. And that's a, for me, that means they're taking their time doing it right. So that's a good little thing to to talk about real quick before we get into the show. So Vassal Hard Fork will be delayed. To me, that's a good thing. You know, when you're any thoughts on that too, boss? Yeah, it just shows priorities, right? Do you want to look great or do you want to have the thing come out and work the right way? And I think they made the right decision if, if they felt like it wasn't ready and it, then it wasn't ready. So I'm all for it, man. I'm not, I'm not in any hurry. I'm here for the long run. Dude. Absolutely, man. Dude, so let me, uh, dude, so when you're in JAR, I just got up to the siege. Have you guys talked to Viva yet? Have you guys met Viva? Viva, what's up, boss? Have you, have you talked to when you're in JAR? Yeah, me, me and Viva know each other. Yeah, I, I know Jarhead. Um, I, I see him every now and then. I saw you pop in and out of like uh, NFA and a few other spaces, but uh, I, I follow you on Twitter and I see the things that you post. So how's it going? Jay Crypto, thanks for having me. And um, I don't know, Windier, if I we follow each other. I don't think we've ever been on a space. No, we've never crossed paths. Um, so, but I'm glad to meet you now. I'm excited to talk to you and get to know you. Yeah, this is going to be great. I, I'm looking forward to it. And just to share my two cents on Tassel, good. Delay it. I, I the, the way I view it is, it's been what the past six years of hearing uh, we're ghost chain and uh, we move too slow, and we're watching multiple major L1s and blockchains over the past two three months just completely implode. I am okay with taking another month or two and having a couple jokes and more fun. It doesn't matter at this point. It's almost like it's becoming just a part of the cardano journey so i'm just gonna embrace it 
Yeah, bring it, baby. I I enjoy it. I'm I'm right there with you. And I guess I just saw a uh, post from a VP. I, I guess Soul's having some issues now, which is I guess not. So- <laughs> dude, yeah, they're oh, dude, that very crazy. Yeah, there's some uh, centralization that's being spotlighted right now in Soul. Good. I the way I view it, and it's not even to talk down. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're fighting this and fighting that." When it comes down to it, it I told Jay Crypto this plenty of times, but if Cardano had some major like underlying issue that was brought to light today and they, it completely shifted my view of what we were doing, I would shift positions. Like I'm here because everything tried and true over the course of time is meant to make sure that it is battle tested and anti-fragile. A lot of these other L1s or different blockchains that are having these issues, it's kind of like <clears throat> you look back at the last cycle, now that we're technically in this next bear market, um, there, there were plenty of competitors or ETH killers from NEO to EOS to people were talking about Litecoin being private was going to replace Bitcoin. They, everyone was on Bcash and all these uh, other you know positions. They never recovered past their old all-time highs, and yet people were still talking about them now. And I feel like a lot of these L1s or VC-backed chains that kind of rushed into the bull market to take advantage of all the hype and all the FOMO, they're going to be those same discussions we're going to be having the next time the market turns around to where everyone's going to be loading up on all these different positions that they heard about in 2020 or 2021. And it's going to be the same tried and true, you know, positions that have been there from the start i i'm not even heavy in xrp but you got to say their staying power and what they're doing even with the lawsuit is pretty impressive bitcoin obviously runs the market cardano has been the top 10 year over year over and over again still building like you got to find things that are anti-fragile or this market and any other large institutional players that get in they will try and break it yeah, or you have to read the scene when a market is just kicking up. So if you have if you have any sort of project or blockchain that's building and it has some promise and you look at the money that's behind it and and I don't I don't mean that you have to believe in the blockchain necessarily itself, but if the, if you see an opportunity to make some money like Solana earlier this year, there is a huge opportunity, man. I I got a bag at shit, it was less than $20. And guess what? NFTs all of a sudden on Solana just go nuts. So Solana goes from $20 to two hundred dollars in the matter of I don't know, it was like a month and a half or so two months maybe it was kind of nuts now if you were smart either stacked up on nfts and made a bunch of soul there or you sold off your your soul and then you're sitting pretty the problem is fomo right so you have to recognize where you are in the cycle and there's always a couple little pops in a in, you know in the bigger cycle yeah, I don't want to I don't want to dig into this, but you get the point. You know, there there are some blockchains that are just going to kind of be around. You know, Cardano is going to be around. It's going to continue to build. Is Solana going to be around next bull cycle? I don't I mean, yeah, there's a lot of money behind it, but I, maybe not. <laughs> you know, like there's a possibility it might not. It's it's real. Yeah, man, it's it's interesting. I just want to give a quick shout out to Cardano Salad because um we're going to be doing kind of like a two-parter here where like the first part we're really going to be digging into what they're doing uh they're they're actually there's an announcement that they have for us tonight that's going to be wicked fun to dig into uh especially in regards to the clavers and also the second part we're going to just be having a really nice discussion and we're going to open that up to the community too around nfts 
But first off, Cardano Sal, what's up? Thanks so much for hopping on. I've never had the chance to to speak to you. We 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 had a lovely Twitter thread the other day, but thanks for coming on to Metaverse Monday. Appreciate you. Uh, thanks, man, for the uh, for the warm, warm welcome. And all I can really do is just I can only promise to disappoint you, which is what I seem to do time after time. But uh, no, genuinely, man, thanks for having me on. We've, as, you, as you said, we've had some fantastic Twitter exchanges recently. Um, actually, for the first time in my um, in my sort of blockchain slash NFT journey, I've been I've been doing quite a bit of metaverse work behind the scenes. So actually, it's, it's quite an interesting time for us to have these conversations. Um, look, whilst I'm a far cry for, for, for from anywhere near being able to to hold my own in the metaverse space. Um, I'm more than interested to jump in somewhere like this and, and chew the fat with you guys. So yeah, f- thanks, man. Really appreciate appreciate you inviting me on. And that's what's the greatest part I think about like Twitter Spaces is like we've been studying the metaverse on this Twitter Space, just observing it, watching it, talking about news for I don't even know, man. Like just almost probably eight nine months. It's been a bit, and. Uh, when people come here that are kind of getting into it or incorporating an aspect of their project, they often bring stuff that we're not studying or looking at. So it's really that collaboration that takes place with projects and content creators and just people in the space. When, when we all get to exchange information, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. So I just wanted to echo that the value of you being here is multidimensional, man, for sure. I really appreciate that, mate. I genuinely really appreciate that. And there's some, um, I can already see there's some, some some decent listeners. We've got some fantastic speakers here. So, like, honestly, man, really looking forward to chewing the fat. So why don't we begin here? Because um, why don't we begin with the announcement and where you guys are positioning yourself with the Clayverse? Because I know that we talked briefly about that, but that was very interesting. Me, Jar, and Wendy are going to be looking into the Clayverse a bit more. I know... I know Windier has been doing it the most out of the three of us, but I've said a few times now that I'm going to be paying um, more attention to it and really trying to dig in to what's happened up till now, do my history research too. So it was interesting to hear that you're looking at that metaverse and you have some ideas. Um, what's kind of going on there? And also, I don't know if Jar, Jar was talking about how he does know um, about uh, Onboard, if I'm saying that correctly. And any background on what you do, as well as that announcement, would kind of be a good place to maybe start. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, well, but perhaps I start with a, a short introduction to kind of who I am, what I'm doing, and, and, and we're building it on board. Um, and I'll, I'll try and make it short because I don't want to make it an on board thing. There's there's some cool things we want to talk about here, but. Um, look, my name's Cardano Salad. I um I I, I started an account. Probably, I think it was early summer last year, or I was in the Cardano space on my own personal account, sort of summer last year. Started reviewing and, and researching up and coming NFT projects to invest in myself, and then started to share some of those reviews um, on Twitter. And kind of in a really short space of time, the reviews got some 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 uh, plenty of likes. I started to build up a load of followers and and kind of built this thing of of like new up and coming projects <clears throat> excuse me or sort of up and coming artists that that wanted a platform to share their their work i'd work with them and and deliver a thread to what was becoming like 3 4 5 6 7 8000 followers um but always done it at no cost so while there were some 
some accounts out there that would charge you sort of ex ADA for a retweet and this and that. I always just took time out of my evenings and away from the family to, to kind of do it in my spare time. So without sounding like too much of a dick, I kind of got this reputa- reputation behind me for being a bit of a, like, a nice guy as well, which I kind of think I am. Um, but what it did is it exposed me to like, quite literally in a space of about 12 to 14 months, it exposed me to hundreds of up and coming artists that wanted to make a go of it on Cardano in the NFT space, but just didn't have a fucking clue how to do it <laughs> in the nicest possible way. It's like my experience has showed me actually that the reason that artists are artists is because they've got that artistic streak. Naturally, their skill set doesn't lend itself to to the mundane side of the NFT space, the the coding, the dev, the marketing. Their 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 artistic license needs to be let loose. So for me, there was kind of this gap. How do we get the best artists into a space that they know nothing about, whilst at the same time giving access to the people already in the space, access to the best artists? There was this huge kind of like hurdle to overcome. And a few had had a stab at it, but none done it in the way that I wanted to do it. I wanted to become like um, just like this absolute ball of positivity, a really empowering project that gave artists the tools they needed to to go and conquer this sort of new world that, that we're we're in. Oh, you there, Jarheads? Oh, wait, Jar, did you just uh, accidentally, or were you about to say something to Cardano Salad, or was that kind of an accident? Oh, I, I think I'm rugging. Hold on a second. He's waiting for an order. Who, who ordered the double cheese? Is that me? <laughs> there, right, yeah, carry exactly. On. Carry on. I think we're good. All right, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, from dealing with all of these upcoming artists, I then kind of felt the need to, or saw at least saw an opportunity to provide a middleman, like a launch pad that would give the best artists from the real world access to everything they need to make a successful start in the NFT world. So access to the minting tools, the marketing assistance, the branding, uh, potential access to utility, communities, Stuff that the real life art scene potentially a hasn't got or b doesn't translate very well to the NFT space at the moment, and that's kind of where we are with onboard at the moment. So our our one of our founding partners, now lead artist Joshua Squashua, has kind of entered the space with a phenomenal bang. He's like he's built up his own following of his own. He's he's out there doing caricatures for people. He's absolutely in his element. Um. And now to a certain extent, it's time that we sort of now that we've tested the process and the concept, we're in the process of onboarding our first tranche of artists. And eventually, without sounding too optimistic, want to become Cardano's leading launchpad when it comes to one one and serious real life artists. I think we've got the tools and the capabilities in house to make it happen. We've got the funds behind us. We've got the uh, executive level expertise, if you will. We've got good business models, good P&Ls. And kind of now it's just a case of, of making everything that we've we've drafted as concepts, making it reality, which we're on track to do and we are doing. So, um, yeah, I suppose that's that's a bit of background about me. That's a bit of background about what we're doing at Onboard. Dude, I love that, man. It's actually really nice hearing the full story because I only saw bits and pieces when I was doing a little bit of background on you. Um, so when it comes to picturing the best experience for the artist that will end up, you know, using the launchpad, using your service. Are you looking at the metaverse as a way for them to add utility, 
Uh, I think that's what's going to probably happen, or at least, you know, displayability, utility, uh, different things on community building. What was it to actually get into, I guess, the metaverse? Maybe before there, how are you actually getting into the metaverse? Who are you talking to? What kind of partnerships are you trying to facilitate? What metaverse are you looking at? Why don't we get to there and then we can go back to Windier 2 and, and ask a few more questions. Cool. Um, okay, I mean, there, there was a, there was a lot, lot required from me there. So bear with me whilst I, I rattle the pee around my brain to try and dig some answers out. Um, but if I can kind of start perhaps on why we think a metaverse, um, why we think having a metaverse location would be important for a project like ours. Well, Firstly, it's the narrative by which Onboard has been created and the message that we're trying to put into the space. It's all about bridging those gaps, whether it's the real life to NFT art gap or whether it's the retail investor to all of a sudden fine art collector gap that's slowly being bridged at the moment. Uh, whether it's a fiat buyer to uh, a crypto or ADA buyer, there's a huge gap there that needs to be bridged in one way or another. And again, bridging real life art to NFT art to uh, potentially 3D and, and metaverse viewed art as well is is a natural step. But if you'd have asked somebody a year ago, what do you think would uh, what, what what do you think non fungible tokens will be used for? I'm sure one or two would probably have said, "Well, you can mint a picture, and then somebody can buy that picture." Well, now we're a year, a year and a half down the line, two, three years, whatever it may be in larger scale terms. And there's all sorts of utility, all sorts of reasons that a business or a project would issue a non-fungible token. But at the time, they weren't necessarily known. They were just known that there was technology there which will be used for good. And that's kind of how we feel about the metaverse. If we're going to really pin our towel on the mast or, or pin ourselves to the mast on being this uh, this this business, this project that bridges gaps and that, that that's all encompassing when it comes to building a new art scene, then we do need representation in the metaverse. And again, it was really important for us that what it, whatever metaverse we went with, that their their message and their branding was kind of synonymous with ours. That art first message that whatever team we partnered with, whatever location we decided to settle in was somewhere that artists and art investors and art buyers would feel welcome and, and would feel like they'd want to come. So we've done some research behind the scenes. It, it probably won't surprise you to know that with my background of being a researcher, a reviewer, that that was the first thing we did. Um, and we tossed a few up, but we, and this is kind of the announcement, whilst it's not, uh, it's nothing groundbreaking, but the announcement is that we've actually, uh, so we purchased some land as an onboard team in, in the Sonic Village, the Clayverse. Um, and that was for a number of reasons. Firstly, because, um, firstly, just because the, the Claymates in general, they're an art first project. They are a team of artists and art fans and, and they get it. Uh, and when I say they get it, they really get it. Art in all forms, whether it's music, whether it's clay creation, whether it's clay motion, they're at the heart of what they're doing initially was art. So it's an art first project. And they're delivering, like I, I, I kind of tweeted a thread earlier, but they are delivering on a phenomenal scale at the moment. So if I'm going to back anyone, as the saying goes in our space at the minute, it's back teams. We, you, you're going to be hard pressed to find a better team to, to back than the claymates. Um, 
And likewise, we've been working, we've been speaking to them behind the scenes. We've we, 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 we've already engaged the necessary people. We need to begin work on the Unreal Engine work. Um, we've got the selected textures and stuff that we're going to be looking at. We've got we've got the bones of what we want to build there, and it's it's about making it a welcoming place for everyone. So whether you want to buy art, whether you want to sell art, whether and this is the big point for us, whether you're an NFT fan that got into NFTs because you like cryptocurrencies and you like blockchain, but now you find yourself as a newly found art fan. And look, from my experience, that makes up 75, 80% of our NFT space. Who this time three to five years ago would sit indoors going, yeah, I'm an art fan. Probably not many. But now, actually, we, we found that many of us have got a love for art that we didn't know was there. And it's kind of synonymous with not just the real life world and real life art scene, but it's testament to the fact that any successfully functioning community whether it's ancient, whether it's medieval, whether it's digital, for it to, to for it to thrive, it needs art. It needs expression. And if we're talking about building new worlds in Web3 and building these new new communities, there's no point dragging the same old art buyers from the same old art scene to do exactly the same thing over again. We've got an opportunity in our hands at the moment to build a new space, to to set new barriers, to push new limits. And that's kind of what we want to do at Onboard. I can't say that we're, we're always going to be able to deliver everything that we're working towards, but I can kind of promise you we'll, we'll work our socks off to make it happen. And I think we've got the nows and we've got the community backing the funds behind us to hopefully make it a, much more of a reality than just a, a vision. But yeah, so that's kind of where we are. The announcement is we have purchased land in the, uh, in the Sonic Village, the Clayverse. We've engaged the, uh, the initial engineers to start working on what we want to make, an art-first hub for newly found art buyers and art, art uh, artists looking to enter the space. Okay, well, so what, oh, hold on. why don't we get to Windier uh, 2 Jar, if you want to say something real quick, and then I have a question. We'll just ask a few to you, Cardano Salad, if that's cool. Jar, if you want to kind of go first, though. Feel free. No, no, no. What what I want to do is transition this. Uh, I want to bring up. Yeah, I do. I do want to talk on this this art subject just a little bit more. I think it's important. There's a couple points that, that you brought up that I'd like to dive into a little bit. But yeah, uh, Windier, please. All right, cool. Uh, I got a couple questions uh, for you. That this is all super exciting stuff. I, I love the sound of everything you're saying. Uh, I think it's having a a virtual reality or metaverse art gallery is just a fantastic idea and, and something needed. Um, and that's what I'm imagining when you're talking here is that's what we're going to have is something that we could jump in the clavers and come visit the gallery and pick out pieces that we want. So when an artist approaches you, is this going to be something like all are welcome or do you guys kind of have a criteria or something you're looking for? And then how does that partnership work between you and the artist, or is that kind of uh, on the, behind closed doors back in company. Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, to your first point about, about an art gallery, look, that's certainly one element of what our uh, of what our assets will look like in the Clayverse. But actually, I think an art gallery, for me, and probably for most of us on this call, I think that's kind of like level one shit. That's, that's pretty standard. As whilst they're going to be fantastic and they're going to be needed, it's like my vision of what we want to do is, is make it a real artist and art first hub. So imagine like a, let's think Amsterdam coffee shop, comes gallery, comes skate park, becomes wine bar. 
everything kind of mixed into one where no matter where you are located in the world, no matter what your wealth is, your social classes, whether you're an artist, whether you're a first time artist, an established artist, somewhere you can come and kick it with like minded people and not feel uh, like not 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 feel out of your depth because you don't understand the metaverse, not feel out of your depth because you've only been into art for six weeks. But if you if you think you've got an eye for art, you've got an eye for art. It lies in the, the beauty of the beholder. But yeah, so first question, yes, a gallery certainly, but look, we're going to push the boundaries much more than that. Um, in terms of the artists themselves, so our artists initially, um, as we launch over our first six to 12 month growth period, are going to be split into two categories. They are established artists and emerging artists. So we've got our first tranche of artists lined up, which will probably take us to the end of the year now. Um, after that, we'll be looking to take on new artists and it will just kind of be like an interview-ish type process, but not not nothing formal. Just get an idea for the style and what the artist really wants. But the difference between the two is uh, established artists are artists from the real world who are selling their pieces already uh, as a professional artist that are looking to enter the NFT space. So haven't got any or much NFT experience need access to the necessary minting tools, uh, financial support perhaps to get into the space. And emerging artists will be artists that uh, perhaps are located somewhere in the world where they haven't got access to the right funds or digital equipment or whatever it may be to, to tap into this NFT space. We can provide them with interest-free loans, with the equipment that they need, with the marketing support, access to communities, and then they'll get a shot or a seat at the same table as some of these huge established artists as well. So kind of playing on that Cardano message of making the blockchain leveler for everybody, just because you're you're not as blessed with Web3 experience or dev contacts or the funds to hire devs doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to sell your art in the same spaces as people that can, just because they've got bigger pockets or more connections. So yeah, there'll be two kinds of artists. Initially, that, that may change as the business grows. It might become a more exclusive unit if the demand's there. But initially, to begin with, it's going to be emerging and established artists. Dude, um, it's really fun, actually, thinking about this side of it. When I think of business models like yours, originally, it's uh, it's really it's really probably smart to stick to, okay, where are we going to build first, right? Like, which... Which metaverse are we going to build first? And uh, optimizing that location and, and creating kind of the visual and the build for the idea. I do think, however, that what will happen with business business models like that is you're probably going to just be able to take the file of your location and uh, potentially spread that out because all the metaverse does for I think businesses and business models like that is give additional exposure and maybe there's a community element that can really reside in the Clayverse for reasons that you mentioned, just the authenticity of how Clayverse has approached art and infused that into what they're creating in a culture. But I could definitely see like <laughs> the same reason why there's Dunkin' Donuts on every street in Massachusetts. There could literally be locations exposing your artists and that would drive a lot of business to you guys if you had multiple locations and different metaverses with different traffics and things of that nature um i want to ask a question though that was kind of just a point and a rant but i want to ask a question 
super fascinating. You had a chance to actually talk with some of the uh, go into the Unreal Engine uh, development side of what you're what you're going to create visually. How is your experience with dealing with the Clayverse team and the Unreal Engine builders? Were they the Unreal Engine builders from Clayverse or did you have to hire your own? Am I getting that confused? That would be really interesting to hear your experience on. Yeah, of course. So, um, look, to, to, to be entirely open, just so we, we kind of know cross wires. So, I was speaking with the Clay team. It's an external team that we've hired in. So, all I can say is absolutely hats off to everyone at the Claymates for making this whole process kind of so easy. So uh, if you notice when they, they made the announcements, they were uh, looking to reserve some some plots for people who genuinely want to build and develop. We got in touch, arranged to, to purchase some of those plots. Um, but also it came with recommendations. So I asked what we would need in order to do this. Believe it or not, I've never built a metaverse asset before or location i think that probably is the same for most people going into this space so again that 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 usability that accessibility was key and uh and yeah it was june's june's give her a juice she's an absolute legend has helped me um has helped me probably more than anyone in the space in all honesty but said yeah look this is you'll need an engineer with this kind of experience we can provide access to textures when the time's ready we'll make some announcements and this is what's coming down the line this is what we can support you with uh, and of course, they're they're verbal holders as well, so they really do believe in what we're building. There's there's room for us to to grow there together. But but the message is the same. It's what we want to do is give these artists a fair shot at making a, a real go of it in this space. Hey Viva, do you want to chime in here because I know that there's a lot of parallels with the mission statement behind Pneumonium and what Cardano Salad is doing. It sounds like just getting to know you and Nemo. It sounds like you guys have a lot of parallels in your mission statement. Yeah, one salad. We we haven't had a chance to talk on spaces. So how's it going, brother? I love you. Love all your honesty and your takes and everything you bring to the space. So just want to start with that. Straight back at you, Viva. I absolutely love you, man. You've been killing it as of recent. And, and just before I do hand over, look, uh, uh, as was just said, there's a lot of parallels between what we're doing and that's because we're both doing fantastic work in a space that needs people to do fantastic work. So yeah, good on you, man. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And I think that when you see those types of parallels, you could view one of two ways. So you could say, Oh, there's someone that is sort of competing for that same sort of, you know, space in, Oh, we're trying to build up a community that supports artists and gives people a good place to onboard and might branch beyond, you know, the traditional ways that people have built projects thus far. But you can do them in entirely different ways and still bring value, you know, between both, you know, onboard and pneumonium. And it still wouldn't even be a fraction of the amount that I would like to see in the space. You know, typically when you see a, a lot of different projects and I talk about this a lot, it, it's you have a team of maybe five to ten people. They make a project with 10,000 pieces and then you have nine thousand nine hundred ninety participants in there, but they don't really get to do much aside from hold those pieces. And, you know, one day they're like, OK, this will eventually have a token or some utility um, to be able to functionally build a community or a metaverse or something beyond just a buzzword, you have to actually build, you know, these onboarding platforms and ramps and ways to bring new art and new takes on ways to do NFTs 
that are beyond yourself. If it is just you and your team that is solely making these pieces and just oversaturating your community with them, they start to lose their value where people become disinterested or you're not really giving anything back. I think that by at least in our eyes, you know, all the artists that we bring in, although they're building one collective sort of uh, ecosystem with uh, separate DAO is sort of the financial engine behind it. But all those different pieces, those artists come in and they get, could be from Cardano, somewhere unknown previously. We've onboarded artists over from Ethereum and, you know, we're already reaching out to DAO DAO to create additional partnerships over there. Uh, you can bring all these different people in and give them the creative freedom and the platform to make incredible art, even though, you know, I, I could bring up Josh Jones that did the Calvaria artwork that we're in the middle of the drop now. No one even knew who he was, and though he was in Cardano since 2020. And Nemo, being the omnipotent person that he is, found some of the stuff he was working on on uh, Deep World NFT. And he was like, hey, do you do skulls? And he was like, well, I don't, but I'll give it a shot. And here we are, you know, with, with our larger public-facing collection. But everything that we do has to have a purpose behind it for people other than ourselves. And then all of the, you know, as Jay Crypto would call it, the unintentional benefits or rewards that come with doing the right thing and creating those pathways for others will then perpetuate, you know, that forward movement for the project. If you put it the other way and view, oh, as the team, you know, how do we pay ourselves? How do we create, you know, some hyped up scenario that doesn't really mean anything to anyone else aside from their ability to sell it for more and exit, then I think you're doing it the wrong way. So I love on board. I love the entire frame that you're going with as far as the metaverse and those on not like digital galleries per se, but just those digital meetup places to get people comfortable to even take that first step into the market, because that's a massive hurdle for a lot of talented people out there. So I love it. Cheers, man. I, I really do appreciate that. And just, uh, just, just to kind of come back. Firstly, I mean, you're absolutely right. Whilst it's, we we we're talking about what we've done in the space and, and what we're both looking to do in the space, it's like there's so much room there, and I don't mean so much room for competitors, so much room. I mean, there's so much room for innovation. And the only way that we're going to find the best way to do anything is just loads of people having a go at it. Um, I mean, look, I I say to the onboard guys quite regularly look we we can't lose as you said talk about which way to determine your efforts what do you determine as a winner or as a lose i said well there's no way we can lose because our goal isn't to make money our goal is not to reach a certain floor price they not only is it not our goal they're not our concerns at all in the slightest and whilst it may sound weird to say to your holders look really floor price is not my concern at all we can't lose when they're not our concerns. What our concern is delivering and building solutions that will f build the framework that our space needs to continue and grow and become one of the leading art first NFT spaces in the world. Like floor prices, when you're talking about a uh, number of holders, all of these metrics, the 24 hour volume, they're all fantastic. Um, but naturally you'll find you start to start to find yourself at the top of those leaderboards as well when you're delivering when you're not focused on hitting the top of those leaderboards it doesn't actually go hand in hand so yeah my my overreaching view on that is if you focus on delivering the stuff that you know you can do the stuff that you know is going to make our space a better space then there's no option to lose it's win-win for everyone so so this is where it gets interesting because i 
love what both of you guys are doing. Uh, to to Viva, I'll say that too. I'll extend that. But I really love what I'm hearing from Cardano Salad. However, people that know me also know me that, you know, I'm a utility backsy, right? So I'm not really... Um, the problem with art by itself, unless it has historical value for me, is there's just so much saturation of it. So this is where the conversation can kind of diverge and we can kind of discuss this because there's there's a, a fear I guess I have of artists that may continue down the track of um, just making art by itself, art NFTs, and then experiencing that their stuff doesn't sell and it's just because they're in an oversaturated space and they didn't innovate. I'm bullish on artists working in tandem with some entrepreneurs and being like a, like a team. I think there's a tremendous opportunity for artists there. But um, I do think it's tricky unless you can innovate on top of the current trends and think long term enough where it'll sustain itself. I do think it's a tricky era for artists to do everything themselves, but that's why I love what you're doing, Cardano Salad, because you're giving them tools and accessibility to maybe tapping into things like the metaverse and adding utility. Those are just some thoughts I'll just say to start. Maybe we can get a conversation going, though, around this. The game, the game is, is pretty simple. It, it's about exposure. And there's, there's a reason why there's a very uh, famous cliche called starving artist, right? Like that's, that's it. Like if you want to do it in the real world, that's fine. You can do it in the real world and you may very well be successful and it may not necessarily be about your talent. It just might be your connections, right? You get your, your piece shown to the right people and it sells for $10,000 or whatever the equivalent is in your country. Well, guess what? Now you have credibility because some, you know, rich uh, jerk owns your piece you know maybe they're a cool person but we're, we're we're dealing with a different kind of dynamic right now you know we, we just kind of came through covid not really still going through it but people were sitting in their houses for a good while and where do they get this exposure to art or if you go back to the old world <laughs> where do you get this exposure to art you literally have to be walking down a street and stop into an art gallery or stop in uh you know a little a market or something like that to see some sort of art. And then it's just about, Hey, that really strikes my eye. So it's a, it's a matter of exposure and in web three, even in web two, um, it, it's still about exposure. And so if you can, if you're an artist, you probably don't know much about business. Maybe you do, maybe not, you know, but if you have somebody behind you who knows a little bit about business or how to gain exposure, some marketing, uh, that's critically important. And it is worth something. And to uh, Cardano Salad's point, if you're not focused on the money, the money will kind of come to you over time. It doesn't mean that you're going to be successful, but if that's not your end goal, it will it will come over time because I think there's a genuine a genuineness to that, right? And people can kind of feel that. And uh, look, it, maybe it's about volume and uh, not about you know making a whole bunch of money on each individual project. I think that's pretty important. So I, I like that idea. And there's a lot of marketplaces that are doing this, and I think there's room to grow for all of them, honestly. A lot of projects but like what about um what about so exposure is one thing too and just to this is what we do on metaverse monday for people that might be new we just kind of like to uh cross-examine different thoughts and just have diversity of thought i i think that 
art by itself, if it's minted to a point where it's just in an oversaturated market to begin with, and maybe it doesn't have any utility, I, I, I am very bearish on that. Because I think even if you can get a lot of hype and exposure to it, I, I mean, it's only going to last so long. So I, I think the like real utility, not promised utility. <laughs> there was a funny thing that um, Alex from Unsigned Algos tweeted. He said like a very basic sense. There's promised utility, which isn't actual utility yet. And then there's utility. So, I mean, I just think that uh, these things kind of can work in tandem to stabilize uh, the incentives for supply and demand. I think that that's an important factor. No? Cardano Cell? Yes. Yes and no, I suppose, is my uh, my diplomatic answer. Uh, I I kind of, there's, again, there's a grey area when it comes to utility for art. You'll find people in both ends of the camp Quite, quite fiercely, quite strongly believing um, some that that art does not need utility. Anyone that says art needs utility is a heathen, uh, and we are a, a certain type of people who are art purists. And on the other end of that chain, you've got who on earth buys art? Art's just for weirdos. Uh, if I'm spending money on something, I want it to make me money, and I want to see how it's doing it, or I want to be able to use it in in the case of a play to earn game or stake to earn NFT uh, or token. But actually, what people neglect, a lot of the time I hear these conversations being held, what people neglect to do, and again, this is a common theme in all of crypto, in all of NFTs, um, is they neglect to see past uh, existing spaces, existing sectors, and existing frameworks for those sectors. And what I mean by that is, when you think of art buyers, you naturally think of the millions of people around the world that are buying art at the moment. How can we make a marketplace, a buying process, uh, a structure, if you will, that would suit their needs? Likewise, when you think of creating art, you think, how can I create art that they're going to want to buy? Are they my demographic? When everyone, when you think about it, as I kind of alluded to earlier, 75 to 95 percent of our space, I can almost guarantee this time, two to three years ago, would not have called themselves an art fan. And I think over the next sort of 12 to 24 months, especially in the NFT space, the art based project you'll see sort of with their head and shoulders above the rest are those that have adopted to the new demographic and not just to try to apply one technique to the other. And that goes vice versa. Do you know what I mean? That, that's not just to say that we're trying to bring uh, existing art buyers into our world. It goes the other way around. It's not like we're all of a sudden we're going to get 300 DGens deciding that they want to go to the Tate Modern on a Saturday. Do you know what I mean? It's not that, that <laughs> well, to make you know, that happen I, is not a reality. I, well, I think there's like, for me, the utility in art is always an IP. Um, that's like why I'm so such a big fan of like Space Buds, for example, because there's some things and tools being developed by Alessandro that can give your Space Bud identity. And there's there's a status with owning a Space Bud. But even while I'm talking, I'm realizing I'm not actually talking about the art of the Space Bud itself. It's like it's it's one of it's the first 10k collection minted on Cardano. It's it's one of the first NFTs minted on Cardano. So there's like a status with that. And there's an IP that the community can create behind that. 
so I, for me, like that's the um, that's the appeal, I guess, to the PFP phenomenon. I know that there's a lot of artists though that mint their own stuff, and I, it's just interesting to see what they're going to do because if they don't evolve, to your point, right? Because I think that they need to recognize what demographic is willing to support their work and um, maybe double down on those things. But if they don't evolve, I just think they'll go extinct. But maybe I'm just being a little harsh. Jay, let me let me throw something in there, too, um, because my, my, I have a counterpoint to you. Uh, and this is from, let's say, a video game player perspective, right? If, uh, you play Halo, you play any video games, you, you get their skins in those games, right? And you could argue that th- there's there's no utility to those skins. They just look pretty. They just look nice. Well, and it's a like flex, them. though. Well, hold, yeah, it's a flex, sure, but you like the way they look. Well, we're going into a world where we're going to be virtual and online metaverse, where we have people into our spaces, and I'm going to want to fill my space up with cool-looking shit, stuff that I appreciate and like and inspires joy in my heart, and it's not going to be limited to any to something that just has utility. I've got on my background on uh, on on my Twitter is my Samurai AI. It has no utility to it. I just think it looks amazing. So. I, I do think there will be a place, a huge, huge place for the art, for o- art only NFTs. My question, though, is kind of on Jarhead's point. How are we driving traffic? How are you driving traffic to your gallery? Because what you're essentially, you're not your gallery, your world, your, 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 your onboard world. Because you're building an onboard world inside of a metaverse filled with metaverse, or in a world filled with metaverses. So how do we funnel the attention to your artists so if, if if we if we take it a step back how do we funnel the attention to the artist let's just take metaverse out of it for a moment so jarhead kind of touched on the point earlier where he said that it's all about exposure and that's fantastic it is all about exposure but you cannot continue exposure for a very uh, long period of time unless it's organic you will waste too many man hours. You will waste too much time and too much money just continuously trying to market and push something. It needs to be done organically. Now, for an artist to get that kind of organic exposure in the real world, there is a hell of a lot of work they need to do. They need to have the funds and the availability to do exhibitions, to hire venues, to be included in certain uh, publications, to get amongst the right circles. So we're talking about having connections that aren't achievable for most and having pockets big enough to, 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 to buy all of the tea in China just to get the exposure you need to sell art at a, a, a half-decent level. Now, swap that out for the digital world. Again, not necessarily metaverse, but Web3 one way or another. And to get that same amount of exposure... Um, you don't need anywhere near that amount of funds. You just need to know how to connect with people. You need to know how to make yourself and your artwork and your style a brand that's easy to digest online and easy to feel part of for people that want to join your community. Now, you go again and apply that to metaverse land. Well, really, all you're doing is making something 2D and then 3D. Where's the appetite in that? Well, for me, actually, you don't make the metaverse option somewhere they can just watch their uh, their Web3 stuff in 3D. You make it more of a resource center. So people don't come to your metaverse location because they want to come and see your metaverse location. They come to that location because they want something, i.e. access to documents, files or images from artists that have done what they're trying to do. 
uh, i.e. perhaps paragraphs or publications or videos to watch from project creators who have been through the process that they're trying to go through at the time. And then whilst they're in there, you can connect them to artists that can perhaps help them with the design work they need to do. And it becomes kind of like a resource centre and a community hub without ever having to do anything other than provide information and educate. And again, that's sustainable. That's organic. You don't need to continuously pump funds into that. You just need to make sure it's update, updated, it's accessible, and it's easy to digest. Dude, I want to throw this to Viva, but first of all, I think what you're doing, Cardano Salad, has a ton of utility, by the way. And I just wanted to respond to Woodier because I purposely played devil's advocate for the utility side since we got Cardano Salad in here, and, I, and we had some real, really fun exchanges. The reality is, I worry about the artists that drop off because as cool as your banner is, and I checked it out, it's sick. I still think that they need to have a long enough career for that IPFS file to for sure be hosted so you can even have it in your your metaverse house or in your nano frame. So there's like, uh, I guess the fear is what Cardano Salad is kind of solving here by creating sort of a really healthy foundation for artists because if if there ever came a point where like an artist wasn't with a entrepreneur or didn't know how to brand themselves or, or wasn't thinking long term about like hosting their digital work and things of that nature then you're you're even just your little um nft that is just simply art and i own a bunch of those by the way so don't don't think that i don't could be vulnerable in the long long term so that's interesting to me. Viva, what do you got? So Sally kind of touched on something that, that I was going to bring up is when we talk about the purely art-based discussion, um, I feel like anything in Web3 breaks a, a wall there intentionally or unintentionally. So what, as soon as you bring together a group of people in essentially a new form of currency and economy, then there are going to be new opportunities in an emerging space that will then bring more value to that art just beyond the art itself. However, it extends beyond that. And you could say, like, I'll make an example for Pneumonium, but you could uh, apply this to, you know, Onboard or any other collective that comes together with a unique goal like that. As soon as you bring together, let's say, 10,000 people or 5,000 people, and you're trying to build something out, as an example for us with this most recent drop, people have been talking about, hey, we want a secure way to mint via mobile um, or, you know, off of your phone in a multi-sig way, not just address drops. Well, we have mobile minting enabled by our partners in Ada Anvil on this drop. And that's through multi-sig and the dApps are up on Eternal Wallet and you could use your phone. But, you know, everyone up until the start of this bear market has been caught up in those hype cycles of buying things and flipping stuff. And that's OK. You know, you don't have to chase the hype or bring people in. You just build new things and they have a ton of stuff in the works and we have a ton of stuff in the works that will be unique and different in our own way as we build that out. As people recognize the staying power of innovation and the staying power of communities, you build that together, not as an art collective, but as a business, as a new form of LLC, as a new form of resource for each other, 
that's another level of utility, even if maybe you don't have the metaverse piece, but you own some of the art. Well, I could jump into Discord if it is a year old and there are you know dozens upon dozens of people that are active in there every single day. And if I want to build something or if I want to make something uh, myself, I can ask a, a plethora of different talented people how they did it. Can you help me? Could I hire you? Do you want to build it with me? Those are things in the traditional marketing and business world that are completely inaccessible to the average person, both from a monetary standpoint, because it's super expensive, as well as from a functional aspect, because no one's just going to quit their job to sit in a, a WeWork space with you to you know hash out those details. But we can do that on a daily basis here. Um, so when it comes to it's just art for the sake of art. I think even if those hardline people that they only view art as art, um, they're telling people that on a platform of people in their community that are deciding all those different things as a collective. I, I think at this point, it's breaking that a little bit because you have business and finance incorporated as well. Uh, do you know what? If I, Jay Crypto, if you don't mind, there's kind of one one thing I'd throw on. I don't mind, man. I love it, man. Keep going. <laughs> um, but look, Viva, as as always, has fucking nailed it. Yeah, it's a, a, absolutely spot on with what he's saying. And with everything, all of those processes that applied, all of the innovation that's being created, whether it's the mobile dApps that they've done or the, the whatever innovation it's done that, that's being created and tested now is is future-proof for what is to come. So let's be honest, whilst we will sit here and we say we've got an art space on Cardano, in reality, if there was a 1-1 piece of art that was put up for sale tomorrow for 5,000 ADA, not 30,000, perhaps that's a conversation for another day, but if there was a 1-1 piece of art that was put up tomorrow for 5,000 ADA, realistically, you're looking at a pool of about 50 to maybe 100, 150 of us that would genuinely be buyers or potential buyers of that art. And our space is pretty established. We're talking about a space that has minted hundreds of thousands, I think millions of NFTs and has tens of not of hundreds of millions of dollars worth of volume in it. What we're building and what we're trying to deliver now is not for what we've got at our disposal right now. We're looking for what's coming down the pipeline in 12 months, 24 months, 36 months. Yeah, that's that's the thing that intrigues me. And I think that's why you guys are even looking at the metaverse space too, no? I do want to get to Jarhead though, because he's had his hand up for a bit and I'm sure it's getting tired. <laughs> it, yeah, it's this is a this is a pretty I don't want to say touchy subject for me, uh, because I do believe in elevation of, of art form. Okay. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be sports, it could be you know the, there's a reason why they call it poetry emotion when you see a, a supreme athlete do something that's just incredible, right? It's, it is an art form and, and you don't know when it's going to pop out. It's, it's about practice. It's about what a person does, right? And if you're an athlete, you're doing something and every so often, or if you're a great one, uh, more than every so often, you're doing something that is amazing. And, and that is what makes you an artist. You know, what makes you a magician, something that people don't understand so not everybody, not every artist is going to be able to do that. It doesn't matter who you are. And, and maybe this speaks to Jay Crypto's point. You know, there's some saturation. It's like, oh, hey, you know, you just drew this cartoon character. Cool. Well, so did everybody else. Okay. But but at the same time, you know, maybe you do something really special. Um, now, kind of along these lines, 
what is special about your artwork itself if you're selling it in the Web3 world, okay, an NFT? Uh, for me, what I want from a piece of art, I, I want to be able to download this file, maybe in a different fashion. Maybe it's not connected with the NFT. Maybe it is. I want to be able to download this file and print it out. And yes, the NFT itself is not going to cost as much as, you know, something that I would buy in the real world, perhaps, right? But... I can actually print this out, choose the quality of paper, choose the quality of printing, choose the quality of frame and all this stuff. And for the most part, it's probably going to cost less um, than if I were to just go buy this art. Now, maybe not, maybe not. Um, but for the most part, it probably will. I know several famous photographers in real life that regularly sell their pieces for five to $15,000, sometimes more. Okay. I know people who sell their photography for a thousand dollars, right? Equivalent. Okay. You buy that NFT, same quality, the onus is on you. The responsibility is on you of whether you want to actually print this out. You have the right now. You bought this NFT. And yeah, if you sell that NFT, the other person is going to have that right too. So you're making it a little less scarce. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter because are they going to print it out and hang it? That's the value for me. I want to be able to print this out at some point in my life and, and hang this on the wall knowing that I own this and now I own it physically. Um, so I think that's really important. And, and I can't speak to, you know, how how uh, on board or, you know, even, you know, um, pneumonium, how they handle things. But I think that's going to be critically important in the future. Um, it's just my perspective. But I love physical art. Dude, that's a really great point, Jar, because that demonstrates. Yeah, it's like it's very interesting how early we are, too. I think that a lot is still being figured out. And I think um, I think the there's different there's different generations of this stuff that we we might be familiar with and connecting with when we talk about art for art you know when i think of art for art i don't even necessarily think of the fine art world you know making nfts i just think of the first generation of nfts which was the use case of it was like a you know just a pfp and uh a discord and and yeah you can come and talk in the discord i i think that that is just gonna go extend i think there needs to be more packaged with that i think fine art can drip into the space for sure but it needs to be packaged in a in a web3 way which we're kind of discussing with different elements and maybe maybe even positioning yourself within a team it's very interesting though i do want to get people from the audience up here so if you guys want to start requesting and drop some questions to any of us honestly or just your thoughts too um, what do you think? You know, I retitled the space. Let's talk about art and utility. What's the line? What are you kind of looking for? Because I think people get labeled as DGENs, but the reality is most people view NFTs as like an investable asset. So they want it to do well over time. So I don't think that's degenerate. I just think that people look at this space as like, wow, maybe there's some things being built here. I, I would like to have part of my portfolio because it might actually do well over time, whether it's Metaverse play, a DAO, doesn't matter. So I think um, that's where you get that degenerate title sometimes. But in, in reality, there's a lot of investors in our community and it's driving the innovation because money's coming into this space for sure. It's interesting, though. If anybody else on the panel wants to speak too, feel free. You, you know something that you sort of uh, brought brought to mind for me is we hear a lot like, hey, we, we are super early, which technically we are. I know that the pace in which Nemo works and Ammonium works, you would think that we missed the boat by five years. 
because he's constantly thinking five years ahead and building things in order to get there. Now, for us, when it comes to, you know, it, the actual drops themselves some floor prices, uh, we're anti-hype. So hype it, in the end doesn't matter for him. It's, again, you know, the same way Salad said it. It's not about the money. It's about building something better for the space. I think, and I'd be curious to hear all of your thoughts as well, that this downturn and bear market and what we've seen as far as price action, just as the market as a whole, with all these new projects coming out, I think it's a healthy thing. I think that at a certain point, regardless of blockchain, whether it's Cardano, Ethereum, Solana, we hit that point where it's any project that came out, it was people attempting to whitelist, buy it up, sell it or flip it. And even those initial projects where it was like, oh, it was just a PFP. No, it, it was a little bit about the money, especially in a macroeconomic situation where a lot of people are desperate and very spread thin and they have a little extra money. They see people making money. They want to be a part of it as well. And then, you know, obviously the people with money then sort of participate just because they can. So if this market cools down, you're going to be able to see which projects can continue to deliver regardless of people hyping into your project or FOMOing into every announcement that you make or doing different things. You know, who's going to keep an active community when Cardano's at 40 cents and the whole market's imploding? Who's going to be able to deliver essentially on the things that they're doing because it wasn't rooted in people hyping up the project and flipping it and taking all the royalties and needing to afford all those things is it achievable in general i think a lot of those questions and a lot of those um outlooks or promises that the team uh behind any project says that they have will be exposed during this time and anyone that makes it through on the other side of that better and stronger as a community, as a project on their roadmap, then they have my vote of confidence. Um, you know, that's just my feeling on it. Cardano Salad? Yes, yeah, so I've, it's kind of a blended answer in, in response to, to what Jarhead said and Viva. So, I mean, look, firstly, on, on Viva's point... <clears throat> Look, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Everybody in the space is delivering. And if you look at what's, well, not, no, no do you know what? That's, that's, the, that's a lie. Everyone in the space that we believe was going to be delivering is delivering. If you look around it, people are fucking falling left, right and centre. But genuinely, the ones we knew in our heart of hearts that we're going to deliver have delivered. And I, in fact, I posted a thread on that this evening. So if you're following me, you might have seen it when I, I said it earlier. But if you look at, um, if you look at the projects that are delivering, to be able to have a business, I know my, my background in real life, I own a group of insurance companies in London. I come from a business mindset. I sit, I, I, I manage a businesses that turn over a shit ton of money, um, but I'm a degen at heart. So I, I come, I, I've got these, these, these kind of tools and stuff I can apply to what we're building over here. And if you look at the market conditions they're in at the moment, they're in an absolute, the, the market is up shit's creek without a paddle, I kind of alluded to in this thread earlier on. Now, to have a business that can deliver in the midst of these conditions without relying on huge engagement and relying on access to funds is a sign of a business that A, is going to survive the test of time and B, that is really well organised. Because what you'll find is a lot of projects, not necessarily just projects, but artists, whoever it may be, 
might begin working on something. Uh, they're kind of uh, they're they're working hand to mouth, if you will. So they're kind of they're they're depleting their cash supplies as quick as they're coming in. And the next thing that they need to do to drive engagement is going to cost ten grand. But now Ada's dropped to thirty cents. That ten grand is forty thousand Ada, and they haven't got the funds to do it, and everything falls apart. If you can see projects and businesses that are delivering updated roadmaps, that are delivering, uh, in the case of Vivas. Uh, the delivering mobile minting solutions in the case of uh, uh, the clays where you're delivering staking solutions ta uh, tavern squad where you're delivering brand new forms of utility these are the teams that i want to be surrounded by on cardano now just quickly before we go back to jarhead jai just to touch base on yours and this kind of leans itself again to the point of what can artists do to create utility well Firstly, again, the question is, does an artist need to create utility? Now, I am very much on the fence on this, but my belief is if we are going to ask art collectors uh, and if you're going to try and tap into uh, new investors, then as an artist, you should be willing to, to bridge the gap a bit yourself. It would be very uh, elitist of you to sit there on your high horse and say, no, it's my way or the highway and then complain no one's buying your NFTs. So for me, yes, you do have to bend a little. And that sacrifice um, is is in the signatures that your art and your style and the textures it delivers. So Jarhead said he's a fan of physical art. I am myself. That's how I got into NFTs. I was a real-life art fan before I came into the space. Now, when you're sitting there looking at uh, Rembrandt's Nightwatch or you're looking at uh, a, a, a real famous piece of art, or even a piece of art from a local artist that is in a certain style, but perhaps it's a thick oil painting. And you can see the direction that that brush was taken. And you can almost feel that actually to get that to get that depth of that stroke, they've had to push in harder there. And you can feel almost you're, you're part of the dance routine that, 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 that's been created to make this piece of art. Well, you lose that with NFTs. And that's part of the signature of getting to know an artist, getting to feel what an artist is all about. Now, how do you replace that in our world? Well, the only way you replace that is by giving the holders access to who you are as an artist, by showing them videos, by showing them previous artwork, jumping in spaces, speaking to these people. Because that one brush stroke that you get from a thick oil texture can tell you as much as you can get from five or six spaces with an artist. But unfortunately, in NFTs, we just don't see that side of it. Yeah, you're damn right, man. So that is the problem, right? Unless, unless you get uh, an oil painting that is somehow some way photographed as an NFT. And then you can't, you can't feel that impasto, right. Which is the, the relief, if you will, of a, of a painting. Absolutely. And it, it's, it's really important, especially when you're looking, man, is this funny that you bring up the night watch, a uh, Rembrandt night watch. Uh, I've had many discussions in Twitter spaces about that. I, I talk in a lot of art spaces and I'm no expert by any stretch, but, but I do love deconstructing art and i watch youtube videos on it so anyways you know it, it's not about jarhead the bro the last time i went to look at the uh the night watch i was off my tits on mushrooms and i saw about 36 of them at once it was fucking wild i swear to god it was wild man it's huge it's 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 an experience and i've never seen it personally myself but the thing is literally if people don't know and this is what i love about art is that you can kind of uh okay look this is the thing you were talking about uh, an artist actually being available to talk about something, which is, um, uh, hey, the process, or what did this mean? 
that is critically important. It, you are absolutely right because you lose that with NFTs. You th- people who are looking at Monet or Rembrandt or Cezanne, who's my favorite, it, look, they can kind of construct their own kind of thing about what the artist was doing as you're looking at it in real life, but you can't do that with an NFT. Maybe you can, but it's just not so physical. But if you're looking at the Night Watch and it's 24 feet tall and 18 feet wide or whatever it is, it's it's a massive undertaking. And it's imposing, right? How are you going to print that out as an NFT? You can't. It's impossible. It's an impossibility. So you can never get that feeling. And Rembrandt is dead and has been dead since 1842 or whatever. It doesn't matter when he died. So he can't. It, it, all you have is, uh, you know, firsthand accounts and all this shit. So the point is, is that the provenance, right? Where does this come from? Well, you can only get it from the actual artist himself or herself. And that's why it's critically important. So I love that you brought that up. It's really, really important to put yourself out there. I, I just wanted to say something about traditional art because um, it's interesting. You know, my my grandfather you know, he was a stock, um, he was kind of like a stock broker and, uh, you know, he lived through the depression and whatnot. And it's funny how much art, uh, my dad and and him just collected because when things were, were rough, it was, it was just interesting hearing, uh, my dad tell me stories of like when he didn't have, you know, a ton of money, but still collected some really interesting pieces that, that, uh, we still have. And, I don't think I'll ever sell them. Um, I'll just pass them down. But uh, there's, I'm bullish on real art. The problem isn't with real art. It's, um, it's the saturation that comes with the availability of creating a 10K collection uh, and generative collections of art. So I think it's interesting. I did see before Windier, I did see uh, Reaper had their hand up. And I just wanted to encourage content creators to view themselves as artists. Because we're coming to an age real quick before we get to Reaper. Shout out to Reaper, by the way. Uh, we engaged in Twitter. Actually, I think a similar day that I engaged with Cardano uh, Salad. So it's kind of funny. It's serendipity. But this is what is interesting about content creation and art. The utility of a meme, I believe, will be increasingly more valuable with digital IP, with NFTs. Because when you own a meme... And technology gets to a point that Jeremy Fisher has indicated it will from the Cardano Foundation where you're able to, if you're a creator of a meme or a piece of content or art, you're able to identify that so that way no other platform or even the internet will be able to use that without your permission. That's going to be very interesting for content creators that can create really compelling memes because if you own a meme, and you have the IP behind it that was originally created and royalties go back to those creators that make a simple meme. Now I'm using a meme because it's relatable, but you guys can see where we're going with this. Um, Reaper, what's up? Thanks for coming to Metaverse Monday, by the way. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, I think that I uh, was uh, holding my hand up uh, for another conversation, but uh, you guys uh, kept going, so you guys can keep uh, keep going for a while. I, <laughs> you don't want I will come well, back. You can say I it, think. man. You can bring it back. You can dip it. You can, you know, you can put it in. That's Ziva's fault. Ziva just talks too much shit, constantly talking shit all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but right now, it seems the conversation is about like uh, just 
art itself and uh, well you can dip it into utility man you can wrap it up in some utility you can say the value of utility however whichever way you want to take the ball man it's 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 in your hands brother or we can come back to you you know we can throw it over to windier and, and he could toss it back yeah i i was gonna ask like um I know a lot of projects are making uh, tokens and whatnot uh, for their projects, but those things are, at least to me, like short, uh, short sight uh, gains for the holders. And uh, like, like, what do you guys consider as long-term utility? Will it? I mean, for just pure art, I, I, I guess it's hard in a, in a way right now uh, to get to that point if people don't think outside the box. And uh, like uh, with metaverses and stuff, I, what do you guys think about? Um, like microtransactions being a part of the long-term like utility for giving back to the to the project and then towards the community, if you guys understand what I mean. Well, hold on, hold on real quick. I, I just want to make sure I understand. Do you mean like a, a project creates their own level two blockchain and everything operates in that function that goes back to the actual project itself with the microtransactions? Oh. Well, I, I think he was just talking about a project that creates a token. No? Ah, uh, okay, okay. No, I, I was... Because uh, I had a 20-second thought on that real quick. Um, I think you'll see projects that make tokens and not promise what those tokens do that are long-term. They are in control. So if you believe in that... Pro like, I look at Pneumonium and I look at their skull... T I have no idea what's going on with the skull tokens still. And to be honest with you, that's okay because I think since it's theirs, they can incorporate it and they can do things because they're creative. And Nemo is, you know, he's creative and he's thinking about adding utility constantly. So I don't think one utility or a little token, you know, demograph of what this token's for is the answer. I think the token that can be distributed to people. But at the same time, I'm not very bullish on any tokens right now, man. It's gonna, it's gonna take a while for that stuff to catch up, potentially. Not, not to jump anyone's hand that's up, but just to touch on that, you hit the nail on the head. You know, the any type of ecosystem or community token doesn't have any value aside from if you're handing it out to your community or just airdropping it to people, they're just going to view that as exit liquidity or free ADA and sell it. Uh, unless you first build out a full ecosystem or in the future, as we have the capabilities and put everything in place, actual functional DAOs with autonomy, the ability to enter and exit. There's a lot of time in between now and then to put in place things that can give those things utility internally within a community. But for anyone to say, hey, we're going to put this out right now and we have utility for it right now, I think is a little bit, you know, short-sighted. And everything that we do is very long-term. So that's why when, when we created ours, there was never a, oh, yeah, here's exactly what it's going to be used for and here's how we're going to do it. It's just, here's the amount, it does exist, and we're going to build this ecosystem so that when the time comes, it will function within it based on 
new capabilities, things that come out, ideas that we have, but you're not over-promising to people and you're not pulling that rug out from people if you can't deliver that or if you decide to pivot. Uh, I think transparency is key in anything that any project would do, and that includes utility tokens. Okay, we're at 7.15, so we're going to try out this new thing. Now, I do want to give Windier and um, the NFT DAO a fair shot um, really before starting this, but uh, no more hands. So we're just going to try to be very respectful, but at the same time, we want this to turn more into a discussion because not everyone's a monologist, and we and, and we, we want to kind of so feel free to you know jump in when you guys want and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, I think to, to go to Windier just to throw him that ball. Look at his PFP. It's Cardania. Cardania is a play to earn game. I think games can add a lot of different utility into their token later on because you're going to need it for stuff like crafting materials if you're open minded to the play to earn gaming space. It's not like he's promising those what they call sinks, things that can return the token to the ecosystem to be distributed back to players who complete quests later on. He's just saying, look, we're going to have a ton of sinks. We're going to develop them out over time. When you're go. All right. Well, that's a bunch to go over. First, I want to go to Cardano Salad. I'm very, very stoked about your, you really connected the dots for me with uh, the brushstrokes of in real IRL art and then the digital art, the disconnect there. I think that's that's so huge. And it might have been obvious to other people here, but to me that that was like, oh my gosh, that hit home so hard. So thanks for that. Um, and then uh, I, I was going to ask you a question, but I'm going to switch over to Viva because I, I want to just be clear on what you were saying right there. Because it is like Jay said, that Cardania, for a great example, is they've released the RAD token and they say, okay, yes, there will be utility of future, but it does have utility now where the NFT that I have, uh, that was purchased with the token. So I don't, I, I want to understand what you mean by um, short-term game or short-term uh, viability with that, because there is a short-term viability because you can use that RAD token now to do things with it, but there is a larger, grander scheme for it down the road. So could you go a little more on why you think that? Yeah. So without giving away anything I can't disclose uh, or answering things that I do not know, um, the way that we look at it is this. So for the ecosystem that we're building, we have two different parts. So the broader pneumonium ecosystem, and that includes our artists, our development team, the community as a whole, including the public facing community outside of the DAO that we have the infrastructure that we're building out for, but is not yet fully autonomous. So for our side, it's not like we have one aspect of the full ecosystem or DAO fully operational yet. However, over the course of time, whether it was all the way back from the original 75 OG skulls, and they just did an address drop and Nemo sold those to people over Twitter that trusted him for 10 Cardano, all the way up to the present, he's very big on who really wants to be in this ecosystem, who has spent time here, who trusts the process of us being able to de uh, deliver over the course of time. And any time that you might have an ecosystem token, you Dude, want I'm just going to start the trend of interrupting. Nebo is the reverse of like trying to figure out if a project is in the long term. He's trying to figure out if the consumer is in the long term. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of the, the reverse there. But any time 
that you're building towards something where you want to have an internal economy with that token, you still want it to have distribution amongst people, especially those that have been there from the beginning or that spent a lot of their investment time or just their time in general within that ecosystem. The whole reason why Pneumonium, without doing all the advertisement and the hype and everything else, has such a strong community is it was all built from the trust that those original people had in Nemo, and then by extension, the other people had in those people that had Nemo in that open sort of conversation there. You you want to be able to distribute it, but you also can't tell people, oh, yes, you know, prior to a functional DAO front to back or prior to the ecosystem phases being done, uh, we're going to put out this ecosystem token and you'll just be able to exchange it for NFTs. That isn't what our idea is for the token. Now, when we do have that functionality ready and we're good to go, then those announcements will be made. However, Nemo, you know, just being Nemo, he's like, I want to see who's here for the long term. You know, who is here for the long run? You don't want it to be distributed. And he's like, if people want to leave now is the time it's kind of counterintuitive it's counterintuitive it's amazing i want to get to nft doubt i think um it's an interesting conversation to see what's done with tokens there's two types of projects in my book there's projects that have something coming and then there's projects that when they announce what something is it's already it's coming to the market as a product meaning it's complete i think pneumonium uh, doesn't promise utility because they they want to announce it when it's complete. They want the product to come to the market when it's complete. I think that's a very refreshing thing that the industry uh, really appreciates. By the way, um, from multiple projects and NFT DAO, what's up? Thanks for coming to Metaverse Monday. By the way, Metaverse Monday. Hey, I appreciate you, Jarhead. I haven't seen you in a while. I think we connected oh. maybe a couple months ago. Sorry. Um, uh, that, I'm the crypto. Uh, Jarhead is. Uh, He's he's uh he's the one that says wise quotes. He's the one. well, I'm I'm Jay Crypto too. I'm I'm Jar Crypto. Like that's it. I should change my name. Uh, dude, are you gonna? Oh wow, we're gonna. Okay, would your crypto too? Should we just all be all right? Back to NFT. Yeah, oh, sorry. No, no worries. I love it. Um, I just I want I love what I'm hearing right now, but I just wanted to reel us back. I just want to take us back to the fundamentals a little bit because it's so easy to forget, right? It's like it's easy to forget how. A bicycle's utility is not the bell, it's not the tassels, it's not the pegs. It's the idea that it can take you from a point to another point, right? So I feel like some of the most overlooked, when we look at a traditional piece of art turned into an NFT, some of the some of the overlooked aspects of utility are uncensorability, autonomy of art, of the message, right? Um, global monetization, right? Integration with other protocols and other platforms these are the things that we forget when we dive really super deep into like is there staking is there revenue share is there can i break that down for a second just so we make sure that we got you clear so you're saying that by taking an art a piece of art which i agree with if this is it and putting it on the blockchain there's some inherent benefits to that absolutely absolutely there's ways to there's uh, supply chain tracking, there's global monetization, there's censorship resistance that doesn't exist in traditional... It gets retained throughout history. I mean, that's the that's one of the biggest ROIs. Your grandkids now can, can access it, even if it's... Your great, 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 greatest grandkids can access it and see it, even if it's diluted in quality. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, and it's so easy to forget these things, you know, and I feel like Web2 is not doing us any favors by um, helping us forget, right? They help us forget because they're like, you know, all the VC backed profile pick projects, um, all of the corporate NFT projects like Top Shots and all that, they'll get you with the gimmicks and then they take away the core of what is valuable, that that distributed nature, the uncensorable nature, the autonomous control of of the intellectual property of the pieces, right? And I feel like if we don't remember that, we got, I love the utility. Don't get me wrong. I love the ability of having all the gimmicks. But if we if we forget the core values, Web2 will happily sweep them under the rug for the next generation of NFTs, I, and we're going to lose. I think there's a foundation being built there still, though. I mean, going back to Jar's point, even just like making that kind of a standard of being able to print something out. Or, or just having the licensing right for like owning the IP and being able to use it. I think there's like standards that still need to be accessed easier and established for that piece of it to thrive. But yeah, man, there's definitely a lot of substance that you're saying. Jar, what's up, dude? Just no hands, guys. And DYER, don't don't feel like I, I'm, I'm, I didn't see you there. Come on to the space. Thank you so much for coming on to Metaverse Monday. We'll, uh, we'll hear from yeah. you too. Hey, I, thank I, you, thank you. Uh, I, I just want to tell a quick story. Um, there, there's a really famous it, story. It's called, it's called the Barnes uh, Foundation. It used to be called the Barnes Collective here in Philadelphia. And, and it's, the, how it kind of connects in is this dude was uh, a pharmaceutical, like a mogul back in the day, like 1900s, 1910s. Okay. And I'll make this quick. He, he goes over to France often, you know, to Europe and stuff like that. And he sees a bunch of these paintings and they're not super, super famous. They have some cachet, but they're not super famous. He ends up buying all these Renoirs, uh, Monet's, Cezanne's, all this stuff. Okay. Fast forward 100 and whatever years, 120 years. He, he owns all these pieces in his house. And he eventually dies. And I'm not going to tell a story about it. If people want, they can go to Netflix and look up uh, Barnes Foundation and, and the legal battle, all this stuff. Here, here's the point. He owns all of these physical pieces. He found all of these physical pieces while he was there in France. Okay, And, and these are masters as, we're, as we consider them today. You know, they, they created movements, you know, impressionism, right? The furthered impressionism into, you know, surrealism, real, all this stuff. It's worth, this collection is worth $30 billion, $30 billion, a single man owning a collection of this. And he gave it all away. And long story short, you, you, I think it's critical that you be able to um, expose artists to, to new people, right? It, it, walking in the metaverse one day will be just like walking down the street in, in France or New Orleans or New York City or something like that. You step into a gallery or you hear about something on Twitter, step into my gallery. I have it in the, the Clayverse. I have it in Pavia. I have it in Cornucopias. It doesn't matter. Wherever it is, it's about exposure. We're, we're creating these lanes. These uh, We're knocking down barriers of entry for people to be able to go into these places and discover something that stirs their soul to a certain extent. And sometimes it's not about you just connecting with the piece uh, like completely it's just about you connecting with something about the piece just like in an nft and then it becomes a part of you as you look at the piece more so the piece is influencing you just as much as uh the first connection right you find more and more things that you like and you become part of that piece it's kind of the part of 
the point of looking at something, you know, examining it. Um, but you don't know necessarily what is going to be. Dude, I think the dude, I I, I think that hits on, on many levels. Uh, just to get to D Y E R, but I, 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 dude, there's something interesting about NFTs with the connection point for artists for uh, Cardano, what Cardano Salad's doing. Started to jump around there a little bit. It's kind of interesting because you have developers, and they and they tend to have a stereotype personality. You have artists; they tend to have a stereotype personality. You know, whatever. Screw stereotypes. I'm with you guys. But at the same time, you know, and then you have entrepreneurs, and like you got this uh, entrepreneurs who look at maybe the sales side, the marketing. Typically, you know, I'm not saying all entrepreneurs don't. If we're <laughs> if we're talking about a Venn diagram, there's definitely some interplay that you can have. If we're talking about artists and developers connecting and talking, it's funny how these where these things get bridged, you know, and Charles talks about the trilemma governance, you know, scalability, security. I think there's like a people trilemma uh, happening in NFT land that is really interesting of this kind of dynamic between entrepreneurs, artists and developers all kind of working together in tandem. And it's 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 just really fascinating to see Uh, D.Y.E.R. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, it's Dyer. Dyer. It's my last name. My name is Gonzalo Dyer. Dyer. Uh, Dyer is my last name, yeah. Welcome to uh, Metaverse Monday, Dyer. Mr. Yeah, Dyer. thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Glad to be here. Uh, on, just on, on a quick note on what Jared had said uh, about his story. Um, there's this idea I, I absolutely have about art, which is art has to impact, art has to be felt, art has to, uh, in a way, comfort the weird people and impact the, between headmarks normal people, that the common people, like make you feel something, make you uh, give you a new perspective, make you give you something else, you know. So there's a, multiple ways art can be this disruptive to a person, and one which is kind of my favorite, and, and I think it's the essence of when it works and that when it doesn't, is that art has to interact with its medium. Like, uh, not necessarily like breaking the fourth wall, for example, in a movie, but I'm going to take uh, a quote from Unsigned Algorithm's website here, is art should have some tension with its medium format. Uh, it has to interrogate its host. Host, I think it's pronounced, yeah. So uh, 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 there's there's like this this glass wall I think Cardano or NFT art needs to break in order to, next, to get to the next level, you know, like, okay, we have on-chain art, we have art that is uh, stored in, in these drive services, whatever. So uh, we have this, this, okay, how do we, in a way, make art in Cardano or in NFTs interrogate this host? I don't know if you get what you mean. And that's something I want to to say from what I'm, I'm sorry, the, the NFT DAO don't, dot is, uh, was saying about, yeah, we got to remember the fundamentals. Yes, uh, it gives you a whole new market aspect. It gives you a new social interaction aspect, but art is art and art has to, in some way, keep continue building and keep interacting with this medium. Like we don't want, uh, when we got video, we don't just want black and white video. We want color. We want to mix it with sound. We want, like, continuous shots. We, we want so many things that immerse you with it. And I think it's going to evolve eventually. I am in no way that big, like, I'm no, I'm no artist. I, uh, but uh, we, we are all artists, but I'm not that big, that good of an artist. So um, I, I, I think there's going to be 
sometimes somehow some way a brilliant mind is gonna take us to the next step and i just want to leave that idea there i don't know if any of you guys have anything to bounce over did uh i know it's that head. was awesome man thanks for telling us your thoughts I I think think of you, artists. Um... one one quick thought started card on a salad and then i'll drip it to you is i, I think of artist communication but um card on a salad go ahead well, interestingly, it turns out that living with my um, wife has actually been preparing me for Cardano NFTs, it sounds, because as soon as you've got a new bathroom, she wanted a new kitchen, and then she wanted a new car, and then she wanted a new house, and then a new dog. Uh, so, yeah, it sounds like, uh, Di, you've absolutely nailed it, mate. I've been on the right track for the last... The last five years. We all want to evolve, man. We all want to evolve. <laughs> hey, love is um, an art. Love but is look, an art. G- genuinely, guys, I've got a shoot. It's, it's half past midnight over my side of the pond. So um, I'm going to sign off. But a huge, huge, huge thank you to J Crypto, Jarhead. How do you uh, like the space, man? Sorry to interrupt your thank yous, man. <laughs> uh, absolutely loved it, mate. I think the the, the quality of the speakers, uh, in all fairness, the, the, the guys there that put their hands up and have joined in just as I'm leaving, fantastic. Um, I say let's do it again. Obviously, I've got a busy few weeks ahead of me trying to get some of these things over the line for onboard. Um, but without a shadow of a doubt, loved uh, lo- loved the content, loved the topic. As I'm sure you can tell, it's a topic I'm I'm super passionate about. In fact, I'm actually in the midst of negotiating uh, at the moment an opportunity to host uh, a, a talk at CNFTCon in Vegas on the topic of art first and art utility. So, um, yeah, the more I can do to have these conversations in the space uh, in preparation for, for that, which no doubt we'll, we'll, we'll all be in attendance at, the better, man. So, yeah, let's do it again. Um, we usually end this with uh, – sorry, I just wanted to – I wanted to give Cardano Salad a chance because we usually end the space in the last 15 minutes with – since it's Monday, one wise thing or, like, one thing that you've been thinking about that is just kind of, like, thought-provoking because we have six days left in the week. So if you if you have anything for the audience, man, before you bounce, I'd love to just give you a chance to say something that we can kind of digest and think about. Uh, and be, quote, whatever. You know, it might be fun to just give you that, that opportunity. I'm going to interrupt, too. Before that, also, if uh, if we want to learn more about what you got going on board, do we go through your Twitter profile? Do you have a Discord? Do you have somewhere we can go check out more info? Yeah, we've, we, we, we've got all of those. So we've got Twitter, we've got a website, we've got a Discord channel. Between the website and the Discord channel, um, you'll, you'll probably be able to piece most most of the things that we've revealed already together. In all honesty, your best bet is probably just to keep an eye on us in the next weeks, next few weeks. Follow Cardano Salah's Twitter account too, if you, if you want to learn more right now. Uh, yeah, or, or go and follow me. I mean, look, it's mainly dick jokes and shit posting, but follow me if you want. Um, I can't promise it'll be anywhere near as insightful as our conversations tonight. Um, but look, in all seriousness, if I'm thinking about one piece of advice I can leave everyone with, um, really and truthfully, it's don't bite your fingernails before you've had a shower in the morning in case you've been scratching your arsehole all night. You're just never going to know. Never going to know. Is, okay, so that's that's definitely one that people can really, you know, I want to hear next Metaverse Sunday <laughs> your takeaways, everybody that's listening here. We'll, we'll open the space I just want to know, can minutes. I still take my nose, though? <laughs> so there's going to be some iterations. That's fine. That's fair. But, you just uh, solved okay. another big problem for me, but I was wondering what that funky taste was. <laughs> I thought I was, I thought I well, was You might have helped some people tonight, for sure. <laughs> Um, look, uh, for, for, for me, if I've got any piece of advice, it is 
in conditions like these or market conditions like these, like this is my this is my second crypto kind of reversal. Uh, it's the third or fourth time I've seen my entire net worth over the last 10 years sort of reduced by 80 or 90 percent. It is as long as you trust the process, everything will be all right. And what I mean by that is when you're not doing stuff just to make money, when you're even if you are investing to gain profit, as long as you're not doing it to gain money, as long as you're doing it to gain an experience, be part of something and enjoy that process, then you can never lose. And that's the biggest thing I'll take away, especially in this current climate, is just enjoy what you're doing. Remember why we're all here. We're all here so that we can enjoy ourselves, so we can escape the shit of real life. Okay, don't make this place as stressful as your real life is. Uh, and yeah, don't bite your fucking fingernails before you brush them in the morning, you weirdos. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> well, don't act like you're. Hey, man. You know, everyone's a hypocrite, though. You know, so <laughs> but to learn that somewhere, right? But uh, yeah, no, I think it helps some people tonight. Uh, levels, not just that one. So thank you for that, salad. Awesome. Cheers, guys. Thanks. You know that that what he just said was great because that applies to not just the cryptocurrency but the projects too, right? If you're if you're involved exactly. in a project that you love, you know. You're fine. You'll be fine. If you have faith in that project, you think it's going to pull through, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, there could definitely be a devil's advocate where I'm like, ah, famous last words on some projects. Make sure to do your own research for sure. But I think the intent is right, man. You got to trust your gut. And if you do do your own research, you know, uh, it goes back to those fundamentals, right? NFT DAO, don't invest more than you can afford to lose. But Hey, man, like most of us are in here because we're taking a huge risk, whether it's starting a YouTube channel or investing or even starting a project. Is that my cue? <laughs> um, so here's a couple pieces, right? I and mean, it's going to it's going to weave together. Just follow me for a second. For the for the largest majority of history. The resources needed to create art have been relatively centralized, right? The mining companies owned, you know, mostly subsidized by governments. Um, the, you know, the finer, like the the more rare paints centralized in those who can afford them, right? This, uh, so, the, the and the different, so that's one piece of it. The second piece is the different mediums of art have all united artists globally, right? When we think of things like the world fairs when it came to inventors, when we think of things like the, uh, um, you know, the Lollapaloozas of the world that bring together all the musicians, right? And the film actors guilds and etc. So mediums of art unite people, but mediums of art have been relatively centralized, right? This is the first time in history that we get a decentralized universal layer of art medium. Now, everyone else's mediums kind of are, you know, on top of that, right? But NFTs and blockchain as a whole act as this universal kind of putty that you can fit into every other art medium. So this is the first chance that we have a layer of the art stack, if you will, that lets every single artist of every single medium unite under the same mindset. That's the key here. It's not just a technology. It's a philosophy. It's a philosophy of control, of freedom, of anti-censorship, of fairness. Let's be honest. Fairness of agreements and, and making sure those agreements are fulfilled uh, equitably and fairly, right? So this is really a shot to take those tools, take those mediums, spread them far and wide, and let the artists as a whole, artists in general as a collective, rise together and really change the game and really completely change the way interactions and, and, and dealings are done 
and art is a universal language, right? So it can really translate, it can meme into the minds of the masses of what, in a way that cryptocurrency can't, let's be real, that, that the time has come to make a serious change at a fundamental level of how we enter agreements as a whole. And this is an entire revolution that's in your hands right now, you all who are making NFT art. So I just want to remind you to, to cling to that and to water that plant before the bigger companies try to stomp it out. Dude, I love that. I want to get to the agent. Um, one thing, too, I just want to say, because it is Metaverse Monday and we have a lot of Metaverse OGs in here. I do think that it's kind of funny seeing the skepticism around the metaverse because it's going to unlock, in my opinion, uh, once it hits maturity, it's going to be similar to NFTs where that skepticism will slowly start to die down as the quality and the idea gets refined. It's going to unlock a lot of opportunity, especially for artists, especially for entrepreneurs. And uh, that's kind of why we're here on a weekly basis to follow this thing and be market observers. Um, The agent uh, what's going on, boss? Hey, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for coming to Metaverse Monday. Yeah, I don't, think we've, uh, I don't think we've chatted before, but I, I, nice space, bud. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it, man. I mean, it's partially your fault, right? Because I've been watching your channel for a long time. So, uh, Oh, dude, I, no way. Thanks, man. Thanks I, for the I, support, I appreci- dude. <laughs> I appreciate the non-financial advice, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No Right. <laughs> what, I, I just wanted to piggyback a little bit on what NFT Dow just said, which was a very good statement, by the way. But uh, I'm married to a visual artist. And the crazy thing about her story is, you know, she was an investment banker for a long time. And uh, she came to me one day and she's like, you know what, I, I don't like my job. And I really want to get back to doing some some painting because I used to do it when I was a teenager. And so she kind of got going. And then when quarantine hit, you know, everybody was pretty much furloughed in our area anyway in the banks. So I said, you know what? Now's our chance. Just take just take just take a dive. Just go for it. So she started painting and started showing up at local shows and she got some good response to her work. And then she figured out Instagram and the algorithm and how to get her artwork out to people. And that's when her small business took off to the point to where she never went back to the bank. And so just to tie this into the earlier conversation, one of the things that makes me so excited about blockchain and art is we are going to close the gap as far as access to artwork to folks. So, for instance, I went to Paris for the first time a couple weeks ago. I'm from a small town in South Carolina. Most people I grew up around have never seen paintings like we're talking about in real life. Right. So now you have blockchain that can bring this artwork not only in real life, but also NFTs to audiences that have never experienced this kind of medium or this kind of vibe. And we might actually end up creating the next great artist just because now you have some kid that never could see fine art. They have exposure and they have access to that art through the blockchain. It is entirely my opinion that we're in the rooms, these spaces that we go through with the next Monet's, with the next Death Row Records, with the next Axl Rose's, this is it. This is that next generation of fine art. And I can't tell you how many people I've met from Nigeria, from Costa Rica, from Cuba that could have never in their life thought that they could live off of art, let alone do it enough to 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 even pay a couple bills. Right. This is a total art and tech and finance renaissance at our fingertips. Dude, I love that you just said that, man, because um, when we look at special moments, you know, even even Snoop Dogg was in a special moment. 
with with hip hop, even um, like influential people today were in these special little niche niche moments. And I think that's why we're all kind of here in these spaces still get traction in a bear market is because we recognize like with Gary V being so influential and having gone through, you know, the 90s and then Web 2, he, he got he got exposure and was at Silicon Valley for a lot of those special renaissances. And uh, it's 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 amazing that you said the next generation. I'm so bullish on the musicians we have here on Cardano, man. I've gotten to chat with a few. Shout out to the listening room. There's some real talent being developed in there. And they're tinkering with NFTs and really like thinking about how to uh, create a Web3 musician business blueprint for artists and musicians that come far after they're here. But I think they're going to have a lot of success with that. Let's go around the room because it's the final 15 minutes. So it's Monday. We got six days left. I want to give everyone that's a speaker a shot to say their parting thoughts because we really want to diversify thought, hear different exposure to things and kind of uh, your own unique twist on something that you want us to kind of think about this week. Um, Jar and then Windier and then we'll just go around the room for anybody that is a speaker currently and wants to stick around for that. That'd be awesome to have you um, just say one final thing. Food for thought. Jar, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm just uh, I, I'm just saying I enjoyed this conversation. You know, overall, it was, it was really cool. Um, there's a, a lot to break down here, and I think we can go through a couple more episodes of Metaverse Monday if we want to talk about art, honestly. Uh, it's, it's critically important. People need art. They need it's culture important. in their lives. Sorry. No, it, it really is. I mean, our art is important. It, it kind of separates the civilized and uncivilized to a certain extent, right? Um, either way, it just is the evolution of uncivilized to civilized and higher forms of civilization. That's, that's kind of what art is. And we're living in this strange world where art can be digitized. It's, it's fascinating. People can own their own IP and sell it and pay a bill, as people talked about. It's really, really important that, you know, people, I guess, the opportunity for more people than probably ever uh ever been realized so didn't you have something you wanted to bring up at the, at the beginning that i don't think you had a chance to i can't can't remember what specifically what it was oh yeah he minted like a one of one and he wanted to shill the no i'm just kidding but uh <laughs> that is basically the truth but at the same time it is kind of a cool collection yeah 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 and no, nothing I, I just want to talk about art today it was it was important to me so i'm really glad that we had it, it's pinned at the top oh i mean yeah dude so, yeah, Pneumonium, you know, talk about them. I, they're, I think they're still minting right now, the Skulls, with um, – can't remember the artist's name, but it, it's pretty cool shit. Josh so, I Jones, think, was it? Yeah, Peter? Josh Jones, yeah, I think so. Yeah, check it out. It's really cool. So go mint some of those. And honestly, the old uh, the cult archives with Billy Martin from Good Charlotte, dude, this is the last day. I think it's midnight tonight that – that ends so you can't mint any more of them and i think there's still a couple one of ones left there's only like a hundred left to mint it's it's a bargain man it's only 45 ada honestly it, he's talented it's cool so i think people should support that and i don't say that often i, I like projects that do it right organic growth kind of slowly over time they're going to keep doing it that's and that's what he and dude he could rely on his fame you know billy martin from good charlotte he doesn't and i appreciate that so it's good stuff that's all when you're yeah so i'm gonna i was gonna say something else but i'm gonna piggyback what 
that what we just talked about shilling I, I that's a bad word i think that's not if you believe in a project and you 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 want to promote it i that's not shilling shilling is when you're trying to scam somebody to take advantage so let's call, stop calling it shilling if you're proud of a project <laughs> you Dude, I, was, love I was totally just uh kidding oh, i, I wasn't even referring i think, I think that. people nope. should use it if they're making a joke i, I do still believe in comedy Okay, I wasn't even referring to you, Jay. It's kind of like a common thing. It's like, hey, chill, chill your project. He's but such that a so chill, man. No, I'm just yeah. But that's that's the wrong word, you know. It it because that is by definition, that's not what we're doing here. We're we're trying to share something that we think is awesome, and we, we yes. believe in, we have faith yes. in, and I think Real that quick. we should have standards, right? We should have standards. It's okay to have some standards and say this is what I support. There's nothing wrong with that. Hundred percent, and I and I and that's and that's where I'm at. That'll be my little piece. If you've got a project you love, talk about it, share the information, help that project grow, and let and help us find out about it so we know and we can partake in an awesome project too, man. So let's let's not say shill anymore when we're talking about uh, uh, something that we really love. Unless you're making a joke, I'll just preface. But yeah, unless yeah, you're making it. a joke, <laughs> Jay shilling for shilling. We're calling out somebody for shilling, but uh, all right, that's the last thing I'll say. NFT now. Let's go. The metaverse is the future of engagement. It's it's the new website. Web one, we had those ugly little blue texts that we would click, and then web two, we had parallax scrolling and buttons that glow when you click, and now we're moving into a 3D interactive web with payment and ownership built in, and this is the future, and it's not going anywhere, folks. Hello, dude. That was awesome, man. Nifty Hustle just hopped in right in the game. It's like the uh, when you're watching a soccer game and a fan just comes on to the uh, to the you know what I mean. Like when the fan comes on, it just like interrupts the game. Dude, Nifty Hustle. I, I I actually love Nifty Hustle. It's been a bit. We can jump over to you, boss. If you got something to say, my man. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I just like I agree with everything that's been said today. It's been a while since I've hopped on the space, but. Uh, as a consumer and just like being a part of all the the roller coasters of projects and like seeing a lot of people still standing today like i just think about how the metaverse is coming and how we've had the potential to kind of sit at the round table with our with creators of projects that we we buy so i'm kind of like you know at so far down the road now i'm like man these guys put up with so much you know, like y'all have us in spaces. You can't limit, you can't keep us out of spaces, you know, like, and maybe you might want to. And, you know, like there's just the fact that information has become so quickly consumed to a point now to where consumers are just like, like one snap of a finger, they're right right next to the creator just saying like, what are you doing? What are you working on? Why are you, why are you, why are you stroking it that way? You know, like, why are you, why are you coloring it that color? You know, but so I, I appreciate all the, all the creators out there that, that have to deal with, you know, us as collectors. And, um, I really did like that analogy of having like a, a piece of work in, in person with the stroke of like, a I really like acrylic paint. I love acrylic art. So like, I understand the need to have physical art. And uh, it's just that technology just is moving. It's like a tidal wave. Either we have to, you know, surf it or we get destroyed by it. But 
you know, it's just like shit, as much as I want that to happen, there's still this huge movement <laughs> coming my way and I have to either go through it or get taken over. So I just wanted to say thanks for thanks to like all the creators out there for letting us sit at your round table, uh, have feedback, whether it be constructive or, you know, actually like something that's taken in. But um, yeah, I think the metaverse might be the, the gate. I think if we don't embrace this now, the, the metaverse might be you can't come into you can't come into this space you know like you can't all those creators all these projects that are being around for so many for so long like i i see so many projects now and i feel like a lot of us now look at projects and we see like several years down the road you know but we may not be able to talk to the creators like we're able to do today so i just want to say uh thanks so yeah <laughs> Dude, dude, thank you, by the way, Nifty Hustle. Nifty Hustle's like a Metaverse Monday OG. I remember uh, a long time ago, we were hopping in spaces and talking about a potential like battle royale between, you know, all the PFP 3D projects on Cardano and, 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 and the PFP projects on Ethereum. And it will be hosted in Decentraland. And there was some crazy conversations, but uh, it's been fun to watch this whole thing evolve, man. So shout out to you. Why don't we go back in order? <laughs> yeah there's some crazy stuff viva what's up boss what's your takeaway um for us to think about this week final thought huh so one i just to play off of the whole shilling thing pneumonium's mint is still open um but i won't sit here and beg anyone to come over and check it out if you are interested um you can even shoot me a dm i, I try and get back to everyone but i love what josh put together and I, i'm proud of the entire team as far as my takeaway or, or what at least myself i've kind of been exploring through a pretty chaotic personal month plus the market is all over the place and even earlier we started the show talking about some issues over on solana and i'm just reading up on those while we're all discussing things uh, i tend to look at things in a way that i find hard to articulate to people in my day-to-day -day life so I always have a very long-term, broad, zoomed-out view. And sometimes in moments like this, it's difficult for me because I can sort of look at all these different pieces and see where things are heading. And although that's very exciting and it's very optimistic and we can make a difference, uh, it's still very exhausting and depressing at times. And you have various pressures and anxieties and all this push and pull of the world around us. And the one thing that I keep going back to that grounds me in all the things that we do and how I try and view it, if there's anyone listening that views things on a broader scale or feels overwhelmed, is you oftentimes hear that debate between whether or not people are here for the money or the tech. And I always say, I zoom out further. I'm, I'm not here specifically for either. I'm here for the people. I made Viva LaCoin and my channels and my original YouTube channel to talk to my friends and family that would text me and ask me questions or couldn't figure this out. I wanted to be able to help people and I never really assumed any type of career or job or opportunity would come directly to me. I was here because I wanted other people to not experience some of the economic issues that I had or not have to face the future that they would if they didn't understand decentralization, blockchain, or this opportunity. 
So in that moment, when I zoom out and I think about people and doing things the right way for the right reasons, then everything else, whether it is improving the tech, networking, building relationships, being able to pay the bills and keep the lights on, or to push forward to tomorrow when one day that market will reverse, it makes it much easier for me. And hopefully if anyone else can take a little bit of that away and apply it to themselves, it can alleviate some of that burden that you might unfairly put on yourself because I know I'm guilty of it from time to time. So in other words, you feel like your PFP sometimes with like a sword going through your skull. Oh, especially <laughs> with with all the chaos and the move this week, I I could sleep until the next bull market. I swear to I swear to God. Uh, but yes, the that my PFP pretty much nailed it. And I'm glad you're still minting because I was looking at somebody post one of your pieces and I was like, shit. Is it too late? <laughs> no, we're we're still open. Uh, it's actually a really cool mint. Um, it is just at Nemo.Global. But if you haven't had a chance to yet, uh, we just piloted last week before the mint went live. I, I set up a charity for a friend of ours that wound up going into a coma from COVID. And they came out of it. And they're a part of the CNFT community. But it was the first uh, direct DAP connected to where you could mint through multi-sig uh, directly through Eternal wallet on your phone um and then this drop for pneumonium is fully mobile enabled so you can do it either from an iphone which just has one additional step where you would use your phone browser to sign into your wallet or directly through the dap uh, on android so if you want to play around and try that out for the first time i think it's super cool but in either case just uh it works on a laptop just fine too and uh we appreciate you we uh aviva do, do you want to tell them what happens on the 25th or is that, you know, should we just direct into the discord? Maybe. I don't know. Oh no. You, you know me, I'm, I'm not about hype. I'll, I'll be here. You could shoot me a DM. We could just relax. You could come over to the discord and we'll figure it out together. Anybody, not... yeah, okay. Okay. I'll just say something. Cause I, I love the people that come to metaverse Monday. Anybody interested in the demodium might want to shoot Viva a DM or go to the, you know, no hype. I'm just saying that might be a good question to potentially maybe ask. That's all I'm going to say. The agent. What's up, the agent? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. <laughs> I, like I own I, I own four. Yeah, I own four skulls. So am I good on the 25th? Is something coming up for me? Okay, I'll, I'll give just a very brief overview. Thank, thank you, Jay Crypto. And see, look, now now the, the shill list becomes the shiller. But no, so... What's your favorite word, bro? We had to get some shills in here, right? Yeah. yeah so the, the, way, the, the way Nemo always greets <laughs> Um, is it's never about just making money and it's never about just selling out collections. And even with um, different pieces that we put out, whether it was the launch pad or whether if it, it was the first DAO phase, um, after a while, he's just like, yeah, okay, that was enough. And we, we can do everything we want, both with the ecosystem and the DAO that we're building out. And then he'll just cut it. So he put out an announcement and he was breaking it down. So the 
Calvaria collection itself is only mintable until the 25th of June. And he's just going to burn the rest of them. Not because we wouldn't be able to sell them over time, but that's just how Nemo operates. He's like, well, here's the people that believe in pneumonium. And that's the the core group of individuals that we want around us as we set up this ecosystem. But then he also listed a bunch of other updates just for phase three, including Natalie Shaw, that's a digital artist and photographer over on Ethereum, has a full collection coming out through pneumonium. Shapes, if you're familiar with them, has a small collection coming out. Jason, who does all of his photography and works with Ali, did a bunch of artwork for Pneumonium over in Iceland. And one, two, three, four, five, six more drops within phase three, all internally facing within the ecosystem. Uh, so um, if you don't have one or if you do love our community or you're a part of it, um, then the drop ends on the 25th. So there, there's, 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 there's your the alpha. tip of the iceberg for you guys, but uh, that's all I'll say too. But um, <laughs> the agent, man. Thanks, Viva. The agent. Um, beautiful words, by the way. That's a very interesting perspective, uh, getting to see your partner uh, go through that process. What kind of final thoughts do you have for Metaverse Monday to kind of get us to think about this, this week, man? Because we've got six more days of the week and we're all building, doing something, uh, I'd assume, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. First off, I just want to say thanks for hosting the space. And it's really an honor to talk to so many individuals that have a lot to add to humanity, man. Like it's, it's, it's been a lot of great ideas and I'd caught this space really late, but I'll just say this since I'm married to an artist and I've kind of seen the evolution uh, of somebody's art career, we definitely need to keep these artists propped up in this market because a lot of the projects we know and love, like us Space Buds, they're getting hard, but the artists are getting hit really hard, man, because right now everybody's looking for ROI. Everybody's looking for uh, utility. But I think that the fine arts is going to be one of the best ways for us to get new eyes on this blockchain. So I would say, you know, if nothing else, if you run across somebody on Cardano or any other space and you like their art, send them a DM. Tell them that you like a specific piece and tell them why. I mean, even if you don't want to invest with uh, funds, that goes a long way in giving them the strength to keep going, man, because it's it's a pretty uphill battle or road to uh, make it as an artist, especially in blockchain when right now everybody's looking for some kind of return. That's wise. That's wise as hell, man, actually, especially if like it's if it's really genuine and you really like a piece. And even if you don't want to invest in it, man, that's a healthy thing to say to this space. So thanks, uh, the agent. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, Reaper. Reaper. What's going on, Reaper? How we doing, boss? Uh, yeah, I was going to say to Viva that I sent you a DM about some something that could be interesting for the pneumonium ecosystem. Sobering thoughts from the Reaper. A little DM action to Viva LaCoin. Um anything else to think about this week, Reaper? Uh for the for the audience or do you just want us to marinate on what that DM could potentially say? Because that is something to think about. We have no idea what that DM could say. <laughs> uh, the DM is about um, the clumsy ghosts uh, metaverse thing. Yeah, I own a I own a clumsy ghost. It's 
you know, reading into it a bit, there's a, there's a, there's a level of depth that that ecosystem has going on. That's very interesting. That's all yeah. clumsy ghosts. That's uh, one of the reasons I DM'd Viva also. <laughs> interesting. I, I love, love clumsy ghosts. <laughs> so we got a nice little DM from Reaper. We got Windier's favorite word, Viva Schilling, uh, Clubsy Ghost. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It was an uh, honest reflection. Um, and we got D-Y-E-R. Windier's going to kill me. I'm so sorry, Windier. D-Y-E-R. It's super fine. What's up? It's super fine. I- I'm used Dyer. to my name being Mr. Dyer. I'm super, super used to it being mispronounced because I'm from Peru. Uh, I was born in Peru. Here we speak Spanish. But my last name is in English. So every time it's like... It, it, they they butcher it all my high school like it's it's Dude, amazing, so and we're trade by the way like it, people really some people really don't want you to mispronounce their names you know i mean most people in cardano are really nice about it but you know it's just we we try not to do it so sometimes it's easier to just spell it out and expect the correct <laughs> yeah. especially if it's short uh, but yeah, I know. I just wanted to say thank you, very, thank you very, very much for for the opportunity to talk, for hosting this space, and to talk to the listeners. Because if you're an artist and you are developing, or you are developing your project, or you just want to make art and you're developing your own brand and you want to participate in the space, participate. Reach to your projects. Maybe do some fan art that comes from the heart. Don't try to like do it just because. Like try to convey something with your art. Tweet it, tag them. I'm almost sure they would retweet it. Maybe reach. I mean, if you're in the space and you're here to build your own art, whatever you want to do, uh, throw it away. There's channels, there's Discord, there's Twitter. Uh, be involved. The thing about bear markets is that they take away all the noise from from hype and and like investments and and all the rush. And the people who are here can take a more slow approach, can like connect with each other, like we're doing right now. Like there's a lot of um, connections that are going on on the bear market that then turn to be super important in a bull market. But uh, reach, build, grow. That's what I I would end this this my my speech. Thank you very much, dude. That's amazing, man. And uh, dude, when you're just gonna either kill me or love me for saying this, man. But. Uh... With uh, with shilling, right? With shilling something, I think there's a story that's important for me to say to people that are just kind of either investing or collecting, because it's kind of uh, how my YouTube got started, in a way. In a way, you know, I was going to start a YouTube channel anyways, but I think where shilling gets a bad name is when somebody holds a lot of pieces of something and they're telling you to buy it. That's where shilling gets a bad name. However. To his earlier point, I think what's interesting is if you are invested in researching a project and you want to help support them, but you know a lot that most people don't about that project, one of the best ways to do that that could potentially start a career for you is to make content about it. There was a algorithmic, you know, stable coin. And it was pretty, it was pretty, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. Like, it was pretty interesting just learning uh, how they were setting up bonds, what an algorithmic stable coin was. And it was at the very, very early of me just getting into YouTube. And I wasn't necessarily shilling it because I didn't really own much of it. However, I was breaking down and researching it. And they actually paid me 
not even like from us like to do a video they just paid me after the effect and it was kind of going back to the agent story about you know his partner um what was fun about that is like those little moments where a project recognizes your work and you're supporting them sometimes is all you need to keep going and maybe make more content and it, it's just those little moments early on in my content creating career that were uh resonating with me throughout this conversation so if you are invested in a project mentally the be- you might just want to start talking about it and educating people on what it's doing in a healthy way not telling them to go buy it necessarily but um definitely that's a really great road to starting a career so that's my final thought for people to think about that's metaverse monday uh anything else jar or windier before we go i just good, man. I just mentioned one of those uh, skulls just now through the Eternal Project, so I thought I'd show that real quick. Oh, dude! Hey, dude. Oh, dude, he's chilled it. Dude, let's go. <laughs> it, was, it was really, it was really fun to do it through the Eternal app. So that was cool. Dude, uh, welcome, man. Welcome. I'm, I'm glad that you had an awesome experience. I, I'm really proud of Ada Anvil and then piecing that together. I think the interface was super sleek, and uh, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, welcome. Dude, I'm not even yeah, like a, I just so one. people know I don't work for Demodium or anything. I'm just saying welcome because I owed one too when you're. It's just the 10% kickback, right? That's it. <laughs> no, no, there's there's nothing that, uh, to be completely transparent, they sponsored a video, but I pr- pretty much poured everything that they sponsored the video with back into the skulls and then some. So I actually bought some, but don't buy some. Don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> do your own research. It's Metaverse Monday. We got a long ways to go, ladies and gentlemen, for the metaverse to be built out. These are the conversations that I think hopefully will inspire and educate and get people maybe just, you know, whether they're working part time or working full time on, 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 on the train with us. So we're excited about that. Thank you for all the speakers that came. Thanks again to Cardano Salad. You know, I know he's not here, but he's here in spirit. And uh, to the awesome co-hosts, um, Jarhead. Uh, shout out to Jar Bites. Um, and then obviously windier, uh, thank you guys so much for always helping facilitate stuff and that's it. That's Metaverse money. We'll see you next week. Take care. Peace. Jay crypto. Yes. I just wanted to say, uh, that I, in person that I, and me and my son really liked your video. Man. Oh, dude, you did. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I told you in demos also, but uh, it would be better in person to say though. I mean, we, it was really cool that you did that, man. Dude, I had so much fun doing that. And you know what? Next Monday, we'll pin it to the top so people can see what we're talking. So if you want to see that video, you know, Reaper, man, I really appreciate what you said organically, too. But this is a good way to market, you know. But uh, <laughs> come back to next Metaverse Monday to see that video, guys. No, I really appreciate that, Reaper. It's a great ghost. It's a great ghost. Take care, everybody. Peace. Um.